good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. So glad to have you here this morning as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. God is great and he is greatly to be praised. And so we want you to go ahead and share this with your neighbors, share this with your family and your friends. Let them know that you are worshiping with K Chapel Online live right now. The praise team is here, the band is here, and we're gonna worship the Lord for he is truly greatly to be praised. Simple song says you're all that I need. Every breath you breathe through me. I don't know about you, but he's everything that I need. Let your river flow through me. Come on, put your hand together. Here we go, y'all. You're all I need. scripture comes from Judges 16 20 and she said the Philistines are upon you Samson and he awoke from his sleep and said I will go out as at other times and shake myself free 
but he did not know that the Lord had left him. Lord, I want to thank you for everything you have done for us. Today, as I awoke, or I, as I awake, Lord, the words thank you and grateful was on my mind. Lord, I pray that you cover us through this pandemic. I want to thank you for allowing me to still be here, Lord, and I am grateful. Lord, I pray for our school-aged children, Lord, that who have struggled from being transferred from one environment to the next in learning. Lord, I pray for the sick and shut-in. I pray for the elderly who can have that close touch to their family because they have to protect themselves. I pray for the ones who have contracted coronavirus disease. I pray that they overcome it, Lord. I pray that our church home, our church families, remember that while we're here, to serve and to spread the gospel. I just want to be thankful, Lord, for to be a part of this and to still be here. I want to show my gratefulness, Lord. I ask these words in Son Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We want to invite you to give of your tithes, your offerings, and your gifts unto the Lord our God. There are any number of ways that you can give in this our offering period. You can give by texting to the number that's on your screen. You can always use the church app. And as always, you can mail your offering or drop it in by the office. Whatever you do, do so liberally, do so regularly, and do so cheerfully. For the Lord still loves a cheerful giver. Let us give now and worship through our giving. again here's my worship take joy make it your dwelling place I want to put a smile I present my life to you let's say it one more time here's my worship Take joy. Make it your dwelling place. I present my heart to you. I present my life. Here we go. Here's my worship smile. Here's my life, Lord. Say that again. Here's my worship. Here's my life, Lord. Stay right there. Stay right there. Say that again. Here's my my worship. Here's my life, Lord. One more time. Here's my worship. Here's my worship. Here's my life, Lord. Oh, let's take that up. Come on.
Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen, we want you to keep some of our members in your prayers. You know, we are a church family, family being the key there. And as a family, we pray together. We stand in the gap for one another. We encourage each other and we lift each other up in prayer in times of need. We want you to be in prayer for Sister Mary Henderson. Sister Henderson lost her brother, uh, Mr. Homer Green, on this past week, and so we ask that you be in prayer for Sister Henderson. That is the uh, wife of our usher, Sammy Henderson, that family, so keep them in your prayers. Also, Lavertus Walker uh, lost her brother, Mr. Kenneth Horn, uh, so keep Sister Walker in your prayers as well. We know that God uh, is close to the brokenhearted, uh, and he is an encourager and a lifter of bowed down heads. Please lift up these, our dear brothers and sisters in Christ.
time that is ours, beloved, won't you join me in a moment of prayer as we uh, seek the Lord's guidance and inspiration as we enter into the word of God. Let us pray. Father, as you and your spirit and your son are one, please allow now your servant, your word, and your wisdom to become one. And we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, and the Lordship of your Son. I trust you now for preaching. Guide my mind and my mouth for a few moments that I might be able to think your thoughts and clearly articulate your words. Touch, strengthen, and save in accordance to your will for us, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. You consider with me... Uh, verse out of the book of Judges, Judges chapter number 16, verse number 20. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. It reads as follows. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. I want to preach from the subject this morning, when the Lord leaves you. When the Lord leaves you. We, we know the story of Samson. We know about his enormous strength and how that strength was compromised after the hair upon his head had been cut. But more often than not, when we look at this story, we see it as some fanciful account of almost fairy tale or comic strip qualities. Like Superman is rendered powerless in the presence of kryptonite, Samson's supernatural strength is stripped away with the cutting of this hero's hair. The story of Samson is not some DC comic or Marvel movie written for our reading or cinematic entertainment. Rather, the story of Samson is a true account of a man who is used by God, but who is also eventually left by God. Samson takes his place in scripture first as a judge, an office that he filled for some 20 years. Secondly, as a Nazarite from his birth. In fact, the first Nazarite mentioned in scripture is Samson. 
And then thirdly, as one who is endowed with supernatural power by the Spirit of the Lord to liberate Israel from the oppressive rule of the Philistines. Though there is a tragic end of his life, Samson's name is included in the book of heroes among the heroes of faith because the Lord used him and the Lord was with him. But when we get to this text, we are met with the startling news that this great and mighty Nazarite has been left by God. And when God left him, so went his strength. When God left Samson, he was a mere shell of the man that he once was. When God left Samson, he could not perform in the outstanding ways that he once had. When God left Samson, the powers that he possessed fades away. When God left Samson, his abilities, his influence, and his reputation were no more. But more than any of these, when God left Samson, it was really an indication that Samson had left God. And I know that some of you may already be thinking, uh, how is it possible? This idea of God leaving you because, because we love the promise that the Lord makes when he says, I will never leave nor forsake you. So how can the two be true? How can he promise to always be with us? And yet we see in scripture that he will leave you. Simple, the promise that God makes to never leave nor forsake us is made to people who are in covenant and keep covenant with God. In other words, you've got to do your part. You've got to keep your part of the agreement. Look at Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 13. It reads, and now because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen. And when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name and in which you trust and to the place that I gave to you and to your fathers as I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight as I cast out all all of your kinsmen, all of the offspring of Ephraim. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter one, verse 21. Isaiah speaks prophetically how the faithful city has become a whore. She who was full of justice, righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers, your silver has become dross, your best wine mixed with water. Verse 24, therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself of my foes. Verse 25, I will turn my hand against you. Verse 28, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. In the prophetic words of Jeremiah and Isaiah, we see that God will turn from those who turn against him. Israel is described as having been a righteous city, having been a city of justice, but now it is run by and overrun with thieves and rebels. It once was a model of morality, but now it is a cesspool for sin. It is a watered down version of what it once was when righteousness was the aim and justice was the objective. And they have refused to answer the beckoning call of Jehovah to come back. So you see, his promise to never leave nor forsake us requires that we don't leave him. It requires that we don't forget about him. It requires that we don't turn our backs on him. It requires that we don't lose sight of him. But when we forget about God, when we turn our backs on him, when we are no longer committed to him, when we have no interest in his, in, in our commitment to keeping his word and walking in his will or listening to his voice or seeking after his face, but rather we're doing our own thing and living our own truth and having our own way and living our own life. Don't be surprised if you look up and discover that the Lord has left you. Bible says that God left Samson. And the real tragedy of it all, the real tragedy of it all, Pat, is that Samson was not even aware of it. The strength that he had been able to summon was suddenly gone and he didn't even know it. 
the great battles that he had been able to win, he could no longer win. The warrior instinct that, instinct that he had was no longer good for anything. And this great judge of Israel who struck fear into the hearts of the Philistines has been captured by them. And he assumes that he will be able to do with them just as he has done before. But the problem was that he didn't know that the Lord had left him. What I've discovered is that when God has anointed you and gifted you to do something, if you aren't careful, you'll assume that you'll always be able to do that thing and use that gift and move in that anointing without properly caring for your spirit and your relationship with God. Samson, once feared by the Philistines, is about to be made a mockery by them. And it all happens because Samson is unaware that the Lord has left him. This man who was once honored, feared, and respected was about to become a mere shell of his former self because the Lord had left him. The real tragedy again is that he didn't realize it until it was too late. What a tragedy to once be used mightily by God as a force of good only to be left by God and to be made a spectacle of on the public stage. What a disaster to have such power and prominence only to lose it in public disgrace because you did not realize that the Lord had left you. And, and when we read this story, we think poor Samson and what a tragic figure he is. But before we feel sorry for Samson, perhaps America needs to take a look in the mirror because I'm convinced that in many ways, Samson is but a picture of where America is headed and in many ways has already arrived. The evidence could not be more striking. This week, after being fed two months of unsupported claims about the election being rigged and stolen, barbaric insurrectionists trounced through the U.S. Capitol building, trashing offices and trampling on the de democratic process of certifying the next president. In the wake this deadly violence incited by the commander-in-chief. Five lives, including that of a U.S. veteran and that of a U.S. Capitol Police officer, would be lost. America was made a laughingstock around the world as enemy states condemned the chaos while our strongest of allies took a moment to remind America of her role. The British prime minister wrote, quote, the United States stands for democracy around the world, and it is now vital that there should be a peaceful and orderly transfer of power, end of quote. The French foreign minister tweets, quote, the American people's will and the vote must be respected, end of quote. President of the European Commission wrote, quote, peaceful transition of power is at the core of democratic institutions, end of quote. America is being lectured on democracy. Think of the irony of that. But America should not be shocked. Nor should this country be surprised. Wednesday's insurrection against the American government is but the result of the last four years of allowances given and excuses made for bad behavior at the highest levels of our executive branch. Because of a president's irresponsible behavior, having been coddled for four years without any real pushback from within his party. Because he has been provided cover by evangelical religious leaders and laity alike who have been more committed to conservative politics than to Christian principles. Because he has been allowed to denigrate the office of the presidency and desecrate the service and the record of those with whom he disagrees. Because he has been given the latitude to knowingly speak lies to the American people and openly disparage the American press. Because he has been allowed to cozy up to autocrats, align himself with anarchists, and give red meat rhetoric to racists. Because only now, after blood has been spilled on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol, are party politicians speaking up and political appointees finding some false courage to resign in an effort to try and distance themselves from him because of these things we see an America like Samson in the position of looking up one day only to discover that her strength is gone 
Her influence and power are gone. Her ability to lead her allies or incite fear among her enemies will be gone. And if we aren't careful, this country will be but a mere shell of her former glory. Lest we mistakenly lay all of this mayhem at the feet of 45. Let us be clear that where we are as a nation is not just because of the last four years. But this is a journey of the last 400 years. Much like Isaiah describes the nation of Israel, America has long been playing in its relationship with God. Our lips have been close to him, but our hearts have been far away. Truth be told, the preachments and the practices of this nation have long been in conflict. America has touted justice for all in her documents and yet denied that justice to black and brown bodies. She has asserted independence and written of freedoms from tyranny in the Constitution and yet have withheld those freedoms within the grips of white supremacy and watched as terror was inflicted upon any who dared to challenge that system. She has advocated for human rights around the world while denying civil rights of her own citizens. And all of this while holding the holy word of God close enough to claim its promises and justify its privileges, but not too close that it would transform our perspectives and inform our policies. Could it be that like Samson, America will find herself in a similar position of having been used by God, but eventually left by God? Oh, as I look at this text, there are many things that could call our attention, many things that are worthy of consideration. We might consider the things that Samson had done and the choices that Samson had made that caused the Lord to leave him. We might also consider the character flaws of Samson, who in many ways was a man child who played too many games, mismanaged his passions and could not control his temper when he lost. He was an impulsive man acting out more of his emotions than in reason. But the question that calls out to me in this text is how is it that the Lord could leave you and you not be aware of it? What condition must one be in for the Lord to take his leave and you not even sense that he's gone? What state of mind and spirit must one be in for the Lord to be gone and you not even feel the difference? How far must one be in their ways and in their thoughts? And what must the condition of one heart be for the Lord not to be with you and you not be aware of it? How callous must one's heart and how insensitive must one's soul have become not to detect the absence of the Lord? Could it be? that America is fooling herself into believing that the Lord is with us and will blindly bless this nation without requiring that this nation does right by its citizens, does right with humanity, and does right with God. Few reasons why you may not be aware when the Lord, and if the Lord has left you, one reason might be because you have begun to worship and rely upon your own strength. Yes, Samson was strong. And Samson knew that he was strong. Samson had not met a Philistine warrior that he could not beat. He had not met an enemy combatant that he could not whip. He had not faced an opponent that he could not conquer. So Samson, watch this, begins to trust in and rely upon his own strength as the source of his greatness. In other words, he had confused the ways with the means. And then whenever you start to think that what you can do is because of you, rather than in spite of you, you have confused the ways and the means. Samson's problem was that he began to trust 
in the gift rather than the God who gave him the gift. He began to believe in his strength rather than the source that provided the strength. That's, that's why coaches tell their star athletes all the time, don't read the press reports because after a while, you'll start to believe that you're better than you really are. And when you start to believe that you're better than you really are, you'll get lazy and you'll stop practicing and you'll think that you'll be able to do what you've always done simply on your raw talent and be able to go out and wing it rather than continuing to grow and learn and master the techniques you're running on and trusting in raw ability, not realizing that one day you're going to meet your match with somebody who may not have your raw talent, but they have given themselves to mastering the technique. They have given themselves to learning what you didn't have the discipline to learn, given themselves to working when you were relaxing, reading, when you were playing, learning, when you were laughing, growing, when you were stuck in that one moment of time. It's called thinking too much of yourself. It's called becoming conceited and deceived in your own thoughts. And when you think too much of yourself, when you rely on yourself and your own strength you get this thing twisted and believe that it's all about you and forget it's the God who gave it to you hear me there's always there is always somebody else waiting to be used by God there is always another candidate for God's favor and just because he has used you does not mean that he must use you. I wish I had a witness in this house. God's will can be, be performed without you being a part of it. And whenever a person, or in this case, a nation, begins to trust in its own power and in its own might as the source of its strength, you won't notice until it's too late that the Lord has left you. Why? Because you're depending on yourself. His spirit has left you because you started trusting in your own power and your own might. His spirit has left you and you might get over and skate through for a little while, but eventually it will be clear to you and to everyone else watching that the Lord and his calling upon your life and his spirit has left you. Another reason, another reason why you might be unaware that the Lord has left you is because you have become distracted by Delilah. In other words, you placed your affection and you have focused your attention upon something other than God. That was Samson's problem. Samson had become smitten with the beauty of Delilah. He had been drawn away from the Lord by the flawless skin and the seductive grin of this Philistine woman. The temporal had taken his attention. The fleeting had garnered his focus. He had become infatuated by the flesh, captivated by the curves, mesmerized by the makeup of this foreign woman. And the scriptures make it clear that he wanted her. More than anything else, Samson wanted Delilah. Even though, watch this, even though it was against his Nazarite code, he wanted Delilah. Even though his parents tried to talk him out of it, he wanted Delilah. And you've got to know, you've got to know, you've got to know what the Delilah is in your life. you got to know how Delilah operates in your life because when you have become distracted by Delilah and disregard godly advice that's put there around you, when you begin to discount the code or the covenant of your faith such that your heart now beats to the rhythm of a strange song, your passions are ruled by foreign thoughts and your ears are attuned to and your spirit answers the voice of a different God, you will not notice that the Lord has already left you. Let me say it like this. When you make anything other than God, you're God. When you make money, love, power, career, anything or anyone, you're God. You need to know that God is still a jealous God. He will have no other gods before him. And God will not stay where your affections have turned against him. 
He was distracted by the light. And let me be clear. We don't blame. And we should not read this text and walk away from it blaming Delilah. Delilah did what Delilah does. This is on Samson. What happened to Samson is not something that you can point the finger and say, that woman, no, this is Samson. His inability to keep his focus, his inability to keep his covenant and his code with God, his inability to grow up and stop being a child in his emotions and being so impulsive and wanting everything that he sees. This is on Samson. The last reason I believe it was possible for Samson not to know that the Lord had left him was simply because Samson had stopped talking to God. It's interesting. Text reminds us a few times that Samson is a Nazarite. It means that means he grew up with religion all around him. He grew up in a religious house. He had God-fearing parents. Samson grew up knowing about the Lord. He was in Sunday school. He went to vacation Bible school. He, he, he was a part of the youth church. He grew up wish I had a witness in here knowing about the Lord. He, 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 he learned the books of the Bible. He, 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 he memorized scripture. He, he, he sang in the choir. He, 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 he was a part of the junior deacons. He grew up knowing the Lord. But at some point in his life, Samson stopped talking to God. In fact, when you read Samson's story, starting in chapter 13 of the book of Judges, you will see that after he is born, the text says in verse 24, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him, verse 25, and the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. So, so watch this. This is a young boy who grows up and who understands what it means to be, watch this, filled with and led by the spirit of God. He knows. He knows the Lord and he has a promising future with God leading him. But at some point in his life, Samson stops talking to God. He stopped hearing that voice. He stopped listening to and being led by the spirit of God. And he began to move without taking time to pray. He began making decisions without seeking God's face. He married without asking God to direct him in his choices. And when you get to the point in your life, when you're doing life without God, you're not taking time to pray. You're not seeking the Lord's face or listening to the Lord's voice. Don't be surprised if you look up only to see that the Lord has left you. Samson gotten himself into a fix. He is wrapped by cords, ropes as he slept. Philistines have captured him. He is awakened by Delilah and when he is awakened, Samson's not even worried about it. He just says, well, this is the same old thing I'll do with them as I've done before. I'll break the ropes and kill the ones who thought they had captured me. But he didn't know. The Lord had left him. And so the Philistines mocked Samson. They gouged out his eyes. They bring him to the inner, inner uh, part of the city and make of him a spectacle, this great warrior who is now disgraced, brought low. He has none of his strength, none of his might, 
and nobody's even scared of him anymore. Lest I leave you with the tragic, let me leave you with some good news because there is some good news in this text. <laughs> because somewhere in between his being captured and him finally being killed, the text shows us that Samson's hair starts to grow again. Somewhere in between him being bound and being made blind, Samson begins to pray. His hair begins to grow. And when they brought him out into that city square to make sport of him, the Bible says that Samson is leaning against the post of the house where he was. And he begins to audibly cry out to God. Comes back to who he is and who he knows. And he cries out to God. He prays. And in that prayer, after he finishes praying, somehow he is strengthened and, and, and he pushes the pillars and the posts of that house and all of those 3,000 plus folk who had gathered to mock him and make fun of him, they were trampled upon and killed that day. It shows us one thing. I'm through. It shows us one thing. That when we forsake God, if we repent, if we return, if we come back to ourselves, if we, if we come back to who we are and what we know to be true and, and in earnest and honest, ask God's forgiveness. In earnest and honest, admit that we've been wrong. We've been doing our own thing, going our own way, living our own lives according to our own precepts and principles. But Lord, I'm coming back home and that's a word for somebody this morning because that describes exactly where you've been in life. But the good news this morning is that if you repent and if you return and if you recognize that where you've been is not where God wants you to be and you're ready to come back home, good news is that if you come back, the Lord will meet you. If you return to the Lord, the Lord will come back to you. And I pray this morning, whoever you are, wherever you are, and wherever you have allowed life to take you, if you've forgotten about God and if you've forsaken him, I encourage you this morning, run back to the Lord. He waits yet with open arms. And if you return to him, he'll return to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. And give you his peace. How can you forgive me when I've often gone astray? How can you think of me when I do things my way, turning my back from you, the one who loved me first, having my own desires, renewing worldly thirst? told me you love me and I should make up my mind you tell me come back now but I keep wasting time feeling so very weak you say I can be strong I feel I've gone too far You tell me to come home 
if you are ready to make that commitment and come back to the Lord if you've left him or come to him for the very first time it's easy and simple it requires the confession of mouth the belief of heart and then the repentance or the change of life so let me pray this prayer with you and then I want you to call the number that's on your screen because after we pray, there's going to be someone at that number who wants to speak with you, pray with you further and give you more instructions on how to live your life fruitfully, victoriously, knowing that Lord, the Lord, our God is walking with you each and every step of the way. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now fully and completely. I ask that you forgive me of all of my sins. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on a cross for my sins. I believe he rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I accept him as Savior and Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and call that number right now. Somebody's waiting to speak with you. God bless you, beloved. Thank you for joining us for another Lord's Day. I pray that the worship experience has been edifying and enlightening to you. I pray that you will be safe this week, that you will continue to do those things that keep you physically safe, spiritually nourished, and mentally whole. Join us this Wednesday for Bible study, seven o'clock uh, on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. Uh, we will be right there continuing in our study of the gospel of Mark. We'll see you on Wednesday. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.